Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. What? You guys don't have to long weekend? That's, that's next weekend. Uh, but I have to work that day, so I don't get the yeah. mm-hmm. I feel really bad that I got a long weekend this weekend. Did you guys Bullshit, do? you do. You don't feel bad about anything. It's fine. We get we get a long weekend next weekend that you don't get. So that's why I was not feeling bad about torturing you for the last fifteen minutes. I wasn't feeling bad about that either. I just logged out of Skype and waited. (laughs) So what what was up with the never ending role of Fred Durst? I said, "Where the fuck is Noah?" Brian was a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I said, "Where's Noah?" and Doug said he's probably late on purpose. He's probably trolling. And I said, or maybe he's rolling and put up a gif of Fred Durst. And then Doug said he could be Fred Durst for all we know. So I put up another one and I was basically done. I was washing my hand of the situation and was done. And he's like, stop that. So of course, then I had to find every gif of Fred Fred Durst I could and put it in the chat room. That was I, I do have when to I say, said stop, it was like three Fred Durst gifts in. That's a very reasonable time for me to tell you to stop. I let you have the one. Of of all <laughs> the that. the mean things you guys have said about me over the years, comparing me to Fred Durst is just <laughs> not not cool, bro. Uh, uh, come on, you like to wear a backwards red hat sometimes? Yeah. I don't think I'm I'm trying to think of another human being on the earth that I dislike more than Fred Durst. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy's close. Not but, I, but I don't think he's quite there. I think Durst is way worse. I don't know why you would say that. Because of the rhyming. He likes rhyming. <laughs> this is the real motherfucking deal, y'all. <laughs> he can eat all the dicks uh, in hell. <laughs> Come on, they just put a new album out. They did? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> that was the big thing when Lollapalooza last summer <laughs> was that Limp Bizkit was going to play and they had a new album coming out. <laughs> and way too many people went to see it that it was not nearly... Everybody who was there was like, I went ironically. And it's like, no, you didn't. There was way too many people there for everybody to be ironic about it. Did I ever tell you guys about the time that I saw Limp Biscuit live? No. Apparently, I, I was staring at the stage with uh, an expression that caused my friends to take me outside to where the smokers were. And I'm like, I don't smoke. And they're like, we needed to get you out of there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like part of a festival. So they're like, they're like, yeah, we're going to have to sit through this to get to all the good bands. And I'm like, okay. But apparently, I could, was not capable. 
dog's going to fight somebody. We got to get him out. <laughs> there is no band good enough for me to watch fucking Fred Durst on stage. <laughs> I'm trying to if you resurrected the goddamn zombie beetles and I had to sit through fucking Limp Biscuit to get to them, I just ain't worth it. Oh, come on, zombie beetles though. Now do the other two die and become zombies, or is it two zombies and two like a well, lot of I'm, people? Well, I'm assuming the the zombie members would set upon and partially consume the two that are remaining, and then they would become zombies. Like Ringo would type, would uh, drum better if he was dead? I don't know. Nobody gives a shit about Ringo. (laughs) (laughs) It it took me a minute to be like, is Ringo dead? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of Fred Durst, how was your uh, wrestling match this weekend, Noah? It was good. The one that Brian agreed to go to last week and then ditched you on? Completely yeah, forgot. We're talking about. Yeah, and then the person who uh, was supposed to take your ticket canceled uh-huh. an hour before the show was going to start. <laughs> and then, luckily, another friend of mine was like, "I ain't got nothing to do." And I was like, "Well, then, <laughs> fucking come on, because everybody else is douchebags." <laughs> uh, did he enjoy himself? Yeah, he's not. He's not a big wrestling fan, but I think he like got it. And that's their big yearly thing so it's all the gimmick matches so like there was a ladder match and uh, a street fight and a cage match so Cardona is not good enough to show up to their to their big big match it's gonna wait till September well it's specifically this is the big one for the gimmicky stuff I, I think the other ones gotcha. are for the regular matches but yeah he's coming in September to challenge the uh, champion who the uh, the the chick that's the wrestler that I work with that won her title back? Um, she was saying that I guess that local guy he's actually friends with Matt Cardona. Nice. So that's how they arranged that whole thing. And originally Chelsea Green was supposed to be here too, but oh, you would have jizzed in your pants. I, I would have. I was so fucking excited. I was like, <laughs> "Is Chelsea Green gonna come?" And she goes, "You know what? She said she would." And then she found out she had already like scheduled something i was like damn it fuck so does your friend wear her title around the office on monday to show it off no no she doesn't i, I think i'm the only person Aww. she talks about wrestling with at the office because nobody well, else gets a fuck. what's the use of being a champ if you're not going to tell everybody oh not not just the champ she did her heel turn heels show off the belt to everybody she's not she's not living in kayfabe very well and, uh, although it was a there was a botch but it ended up being all right. <laughs> she was, I guess she was supposed to take out the other girl with the belt. And even though they told the security people and everybody a million times where that belt was supposed to be, somebody picked it up and took it off somewhere else. And so in the middle of the match, she went to grab it. It wasn't there. So she like <laughs> pretended like she was looking for something else and flipped the table over and then grabbed a chair and hit her with the chair. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you better watch out. She'll be bringing chairs to work. You piss her off. No, dude, I, I wouldn't fuck with her, man. She does like an hour and a half of fucking CrossFit every day. I wouldn't. I, she'd fucking destroy me. <laughs> See, no, I just curl up into a ball and start crying. Dude, not in the face. That's how it makes my money. Well, there was that. So then, while I'm sitting there at the wrestling match, I get a text from Char about the Weird Al concert that was supposed to be yesterday. 
and someone in his tour group tested positive for COVID, so that got canceled. <laughs> well, that's bullshit. Yeah, it was. It, I guess they're rescheduling for the fall sometime, but that was real disappointing. So instead, uh, the same friend that came to the wrestling show with me and and his lady friend and me and the wife all went and did an escape room. That was pretty fun. Is it a weird owl escape room? No, it was a curse of the mummy escape room. It was actually pretty dope. I feel like a weird owl escape room would be better, specifically a UHF escape UH, room. Yeah, UHF escape room. You're basically Stanley. You have to escape out of Channel 8. You have, you have to stick turtles to the ceiling. Let's see. Oh, my God. I have to complain, by the way. I was just randomly flipping through channels. And that, there's that weird channel like called TBD that just shows a bunch of like internet videos and reruns a wipeout yeah, stuff yeah. and they were showing uhf and you know if they're showing it you have to stop and watch it and it was about the scene yes. where stanley gets the uh gets to do the the show for the first time mm-hmm. so i had nothing going on so i'm just i just left it on they edited the living shit out of that movie why i don't know it's like one of the most non-offensive movies ever. And I'm just sitting there watching. Yeah, like, what spe- is, specifically what the did Ra- they take out? Raul's Wild Kingdom. They edited way down. Huh. Um, they don't show him throwing a dog out the window, but they do cut to the outside shot of the dog coming out of the window and just a giant pile of dead dogs below <laughs> his window. And I'm like, how is this better? That's weird. So there's suicide dogs in that version of the movie, not murdered dogs? I guess so. But yeah, it was just like a bunch of weird stuff like that. And I'm like, what the hell is even going on? So it was weird. But then like, you know, 15 minutes later, they showed Conan the librarian where he cuts a guy in half. Right. So I don't understand if they're just like, we need time for commercial breaks. So we have to take some stuff out. I'm like, well, what are you taking jokes out for? Take out the at, jokes. At Timex, I said I wanted a Rolex. Uh, we need to cover that movie again. <laughs> just, just again? Just Yeah, why not? Something like Welcome a couple to the Weird Al cast. Every week we watch UHF and a music video by Weird Al. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Well, I would listen. Uh, what doesn't sound very good is this week's selections. Thanks a lot, Doug. Uh, I liked one of the movies. You're a liar. <laughs> Uh, Noah, do you want to tell us about Oasis of the Zombies? No. In, in detail. Very, <laughs> no. very detailed plot. No, I don't. I don't I don't know what the fuck happened in that movie. Uh, What's funny is either. the plot is, like, really simple. Like, they're the in the Middle East, just... and there was a convoy of Nazis or something mm-hmm. that got attacked, and they think there's gold. And then uh, people walk around and and talk for fucking a million hours, it feels like. And then twice in this fucking movie, like a zombie pops up somewhere and somebody screams really loudly. And then they cut back to people talking again. (laughs) It's fucking it's garbage. This is easily the worst zombie movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It has no redeeming value. Never watch this film. (laughs) 
I, I won't go that far. I would say there are some interesting shots of the desert and like the camels running around and stuff that are well done. I won't. I'm not going to say it's a good movie or anything like that. It was boring shit. And it took forever. Like the movie's like an hour 22 or something. And it took like it was seven hours to watch it because time just stands still as you watch this movie. It's so slow. And it's not even the thing is like when you when you make a movie like this and you're making like, okay, well, we're not going to concentrate on the horror and the blood and the gore. We're going to make it more of a drama. But then it's clearly set in 1982. And the one guy at the beginning is like, yeah, I got to go find my dad. He's in Africa where he's been living since the war. If that dad's been in Africa since the war, then that kid can't be alive. Like someone's lying to him about who his dad is. And then there's like a lot of weird details like that where I'm like, if you're trying this hard to make a drama, do it better. Do it better because it's. There's also some locational issues because I think they're supposed to be in the Middle East, but I get the feeling that it wasn't actually shot in the Middle East. Oh, no. I think they're supposed to be in Africa. Yeah. But for some reason in Africa, maybe Egypt or something, maybe Northern Africa. And that's right. Cause they really went out of their way to make sure that we thought it was the middle East, even though they say in dialogue that it's Africa. So I guess, yeah, I mean, there are parts of Northern Africa, which are middle East ish, right. But it's, it's interesting that they chose to concentrate so much on like middle Eastern visuals. I, but I think calling say they're not anything about this movie. Interesting is a stretch. Well, I didn't not interesting in a good way. I liked that the because uh, I watched it on Tubi. I don't know what everybody else watched it on. Um, I watched half of it on Clino and half of it on Tubi. I like that so, the tran- the transfer on Tubi was horrible. Was it better on yeah. Kino? On on Kino, it's super clean, but it's only the subtitled version. Every yeah. every movie on there is like that. They oh. only do the subbed versions. And while I could tolerate that for Zombie Lake because it's a movie that I like have seen before and I kind of enjoy this one, I was like, I cannot fucking pay close enough attention to this movie to read those fucking subtitles because I give no fucks. Okay, so up here in Canada, it's not on Tubi, and for some reason I couldn't find it on Kino. So I searched it, and there was like some other app that popped up that had it on there. So I'm like, all right, I'll install this app if it has free horror movies on it. And I start watching it and it's like five ads every 15 minutes. It's like watching a movie on TV. And so I thought that's why the movie was slow as hell. So then I found it on YouTube and switched over and watched the rest of it there and realized it had nothing to do with the ads, that it was just slow because of being a bad movie. (laughs) So that was my experience. Well, the transfer on Tubi is fucking terrible. That sounds like the one I watched. So at the end, when they set the desert on fire to protect them from zombies, Mm -hmm. uh, smoke comes up and then you can't see anything for the last like (laughs) 10 minutes of the movie. So I could not make out anything that was happening. I heard screaming. I heard like run, but no, just it's not just a giant haze. (laughs) If you were still paying attention that late in the movie, by the way, that's like for listeners who haven't seen this and shouldn't see this. Um, yeah. The movie just ends up being at the end, like a bunch of zombies come and they just build like a wall of fire by pouring some gas and lighting it on fire. That's what they think an ending to a movie is. And you're like, no, like 
We at least need like a good zombie surge at the end of this if we waited this long for anything to happen. And it doesn't even happen. Now, I saw this before and I remember being fucking terrible. As a matter of fact, I think we played it for, because I think it's technically a public domain movie. Maybe. One of those weird. That explains why it's on all the free apps yeah. and on YouTube and stuff. It, it probably recopyrighted itself just because not even the public domain wanted it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think we showed it at one of our Drunken Zombie Deadly Double Features. And that might be the perfect setting for it because that's where people just sit for the entire time and rip it apart with everybody else. But I don't even know if I'd find anything to make fun of this movie about. Because I remember there's no nudity or anything in there. Is there? Yeah, No, there's yeah. a couple boobs, but it's not. Especially for a movie that starts... With those two girls walking in the camera is just literally a close-up shot of their butts as they walk for <laughs> yeah. no fucking reason. Yeah. It's like we've been driving in the desert for like two hours. We should stop and see what's around here. <laughs> that was the best shot of the movie, though. They're not exactly dressed for desert party. No. No. They're, they're dressed for... Letting an audience gawk at their asses. <laughs> All those, those are very impractical outfits for anything else. Oh, oh does anybody else have anything else to say about the movie? No. Well, the, zero. The only the one line of dialogue that I thought was even more ridiculous than the rest of the movie was when they are getting ready to fight the zombies at the end. And the one guy just goes, quick, find some bottles. We'll make Molotov cocktails just like at school. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, let's right. delve into that for let's delve into that for a second. If you're just going to have a guy announce that he makes Molotov cocktails at school, I'd like to know the rest of that story. <laughs> and they just all move on. Like everybody else is just okay with it. They're like, "Yeah, let's do it." And I'm like, "Well, wait a minute." <laughs> like, just knowing how to make a Molotov cocktail is interesting, but the fact that it's because you do it at school—that's. <laughs> That's different. Let's discuss that for a minute. And it's like, nah. You never took shop class? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember the Molotov cocktail section. Maybe that's why I didn't no. do that well in shop. I'm just assuming I never took shop class, so. <laughs> so yeah. Here's where you a lathe and then over here is where you make your Molotov cocktails to throw at your math teacher. But I even got confused. Like, was it... <laughs> Didn't the uh, the kid's dad and he he died at the beginning, right? Yeah. So is 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 he in the rest of the movie? I don't understand. I don't know. I I'm not going to try to tell any of the characters apart in this movie. I'll be honest. I was looking at my phone for a lot of it, but I, you yeah. know that that one guy turns on him. He's like, "Here, I'll show you where I'll show you where all the Nazi gold probably is." It's here on this map. And as he's pointing to it, the other guy just like grabs a needle and injects his hand with something and then seals the map. I yeah. thought he died. Like the kid gets a letter at school. is like, my dad is dead. I should probably go yeah. home. But then the, his dad's riding around on a camel in the, in the desert. No, I, I'm pretty sure it just didn't make any sense. There was a point in this movie where they're like in the desert and they're setting up camp. And, Actually, there's two there's two things about this conversation, because first somebody's like, I'm pretty sure there's zombies around here. And the other guy is like, all right, then we'll just uh, 
one of us will stay and keep watch. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> if you accept that there's zombies, then you leave or you don't believe that there's zombies and you don't need to stay up and watch. But then the other thing was like, at one point they go, it's getting a bit chilly. And the guy's like, yeah, it's just like at home. Sun goes down. You got to throw on a sweater. And then they all put on matching leather jackets like a 50s doo-wop gang. You know? Like, you're in the <laughs> middle of the fucking desert. <laughs> like, what is going on? It's just, it's not a well-made film, in my humble opinion. And we lucked out, because the same director was supposed to make the other film, so we almost watched two by him. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It's not good. No. No, I mean, I... And you want like a Nazi zombie movie to be good. Yeah. I'm going to argue neither one of these were good. You're saying you're going to like the other one, I assume, but yeah, yeah, no, it's not this one that I'm going to like. It wasn't <laughs> spoiler at the end of this conversation. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, guys, I loved it. Uh, but like the Nazi zombie thing, like barely factors into anything. In this movie, it was, yeah, this was like a drama about some kids going out into the desert to search for treasure, and then just some zombies were there at the end. I don't I don't understand why this film got made in this way. Like, who thought this was a good idea? Like, who took this script and went, yeah, that's a good movie? Gotta have something to sell to the kids, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, like it's Jess Franco, too. He's got, like, a, a strong reputation. He has like 200 directing credits under his belt at this point um i don't understand how he made this i watched another one no i watched another one of his movies later in the and i'll talk about it later in the podcast it wasn't bad like it's see i've not seen a whole lot of his movies i've heard a lot of his stuff is terrible though i think a lot of it is like just nudity for the sake of nudity and stuff like that yeah. Like uh, the Kino Cult streaming service just has that section called the Just Franco's Weird Obsession. And I think all of those just look like softcore porn movies to me. <laughs> I haven't watched them yet. Yeah, the bad thing is the Kino Cult app is only available on like Fire Stick and like Roku. Okay. We only have a Fire Stick in the bedroom. So. If I'm going to watch anything on that, I have to go in the bedroom. If I lay down in the bed to watch a movie, as we'll find out in the next movie, it's guaranteed I'm going to fall asleep. And my house is all Roku. That's on purpose so that if I add an app on one TV, it pops up on the other TV. Yeah. Uh, so Oasis of the Zombie is terrible. Don't watch it. Yeah, just boring, which is like, don't be boring if you're a zombie <clears throat> movie. You can't do that. Like... Like, if this same movie had happened, but just every 10 minutes, somebody had just strolled by the Oasis and a zombie had reached out and grabbed him and ate him, I'd have been like, all right, whatever. I think we watch movies like that all the time. But it's like you can't go 45 minutes between zombie attacks. No, that's a bad idea. Yeah, I I feel like this movie mugged me and it stole over an hour (laughs) of my life. Somewhere between an hour 10 and seven hours, we've established the timeline. All right. So not a recommend from any of us. Uh, You want to tell us about Zombie Lake, Doug? Zombie Lake? Um, Yeah. During World War II, some people killed some Nazis. And uh, then some other Nazis were coming. So they're like, what are we going to do with all these dead Nazis? And they're just like, ah, throw them in the lake. So then fast forward about 10 years and uh 
there's just a whole bunch of naked women and a few other townsfolk running around, and every now and again the zombies come out and try to kill them. So then they flamethrower the shit out of the zombies, which is what, like, again, both movies end with burning Nazis, but one is a lot more fun to watch. And that's that's the plot. I mean, they've, there's a little subplot about you, one of the Nazis. I was getting ready to say the main plot is that there's one good zombie who just wants to hang out with his daughter. Not a good Nazi. He's not a good Nazi zombie. There's no good Nazi zombies. He's just has they're playing off that trope of, I think, him remembering his previous life a little bit. So he wanders back to the French uh, house where he had banged chick and uh, finds this, the little girl there wearing the necklace that he had given the lady. So they use that to lure the zombies into the place, to whatever mill or whatever the hell where they burn them all alive. Not alive because zombies aren't alive, but whatever you call it. So that's going to be my question though. All right. So Nazi zombies are bad. Nazis yep. are bad. Yeah. So there's good zombies. Yes, there's good good zombie. Not, I I will not stand by and listen to you guys call the, the Nazi zombie good. <laughs> I know in your country it's acceptable to call Nazis good, but I find it offensive no, to hear that. No. Well that's my question. Even though technically he's quote unquote a good zombie, he was still a Nazi, right? Yeah. That, that, that makes him horrible no matter what. Well, I yeah, would yeah. I would argue bad bad Nazi, good zombie. Right, different things. I don't think zombies <laughs> in, suffer from ideological things. Like I'm only going to zombie eat Jewish people. Right. Well, if he was still wearing his Nazi uniform, I don't. I feel like he still has to be held accountable for the atrocities he committed. Because I mean, like technically, he is an invading soldier taking over, and then he has an affair with a woman there. That's not entirely consensual. This is also I also take umbrage with calling them zombies because I don't think they are. Because zombies. why? Because they're vampires. They die. And they're not vampires. They're just zombies with not a very creative way of killing people. But they drink blood. They all just bite people in the neck. Yeah, zombies drink blood. No, zombies just eat this flesh. This movie did not have the budget to show them eating flesh. This movie did not have the budget to show wounds after they bit people in the neck. It was just well, but they, blood but they spl- spurted on people. Yeah, but they specify at one point that they're after blood. Yeah, but that's just a translation issue. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think they're just Nightmare City style, uh, ghouly vampire zombies. What's the, what's the name of the movie again? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Troll They're 2 is also called Troll 2, despite not having any trolls and not being a sequel. Yeah, but this isn't Troll 2. That's not the point. Right. It's just, it, I mean, it's a shitty foreign horror movie. We did, you can't, you can't, you can't act like the name of a foreign horror movie matters whatsoever to what the movie is. <laughs> zombies zombies live in lakes and vampires don't so I don't what (laughs) that's that's Gilman that's an entire another thing (laughs) (sighs) Uh, so I'll be honest as I predicted if I watched this movie while I was laying in bed I was going to fall asleep and sure enough right in the middle of the movie I did oh you missed so many boobs I don't know which part you slept through but that's true no matter what part of the movie you (laughs) filmed 
it's I I am less concerned. So while while I appreciate the the liberal application of Tite in this film to keep you engaged, what I'm more surprised with is the underwater close up vagina shots. <laughs> it is so the much opening scene straight this, up vagina the, in this movie. The opening scene of this movie, I'm like. That girl shows up and there's the music playing and she takes her clothes off and then she relaxes for a while and then she lays out on some rocks to suntan for a while and then she goes for a nice swim and this is when we start getting our first underwater shots of her nakedness and I'm like, I must have turned on the wrong thing, right? Like, I can't. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, four minutes after she first took her clothes off, you see a Nazi zombie under the water and you're like, no, no, this is the movie I'm supposed to be watching. That was just a lot of nudity. So later in the film, when that bus pulls up and that volleyball team gets off of it, I'm like, oh God, where are we going with this? (laughs) Cause all of a sudden it's just a bunch of girls just like prancing around naked for no reason. Man, I'm going to have to go back and watch part of this. And, and, because, once, and once again, not just full frontal nudity, I'm talking like full vulva view. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, I cannot think of a a non pornographic film that has that many vaginas. No, no, it's pretty hard to. And like those shots as well, like it's it, it's really unusual for air quotes, mainstream filmmaking. I mean, this is a French movie, so different rules apply like France in the eighties, different social standards than what we would have today here. But I'm actually surprised it, there isn't more dicks strange. in this movie. Cause that's something I learned a long time ago about French horror, man. They love putting dicks in movies. They just, it's is it is more mo- dicks in movies. Yeah. I was going to say as much as Americans like, in the eighties, like to put tits in movies, like French people in the eighties like to just have a dick flopping around. Well, don't worry. Me and Doug uh, saw a movie that had a lot of dick in it. So we'll talk about yeah, it later. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but um, <laughs> anyways, back to zombie Lake. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm, I'm hearing some negativity from you, Brian. I think though, I, this movie is an hour 20. It's got a bunch of like, fun 80s style nudity where it's just girls are playing volleyball and they're like we should take our tops off okay like that kind of where you don't you don't feel gross about it or anything the zombies are not good looking because i'm pretty sure the budget was so low that when they never told the special effects guy that these zombies were going to go in a lake so i'm reasonably confident they put bad makeup on them and then every time they went in the water it kind of half washed off um but it was still fun to watch them. And there's a few good shots of like the zombies, like coming out of the water all in like a group of Nazi zombies. And some of the underwater shots are pretty cool of them. Like kind of like hovering below They're, you know, this is a few years after zombie versus shark. So I think the underwater zombie was popular. It was kind of a trope at the time. That is what yeah. I was going to say about the last movie. It yeah. wanted to be, it wanted to be Fulci's zombies so bad. But it was nowhere near as good. You think so? As, as close. Yeah, I feel like it's just, I don't know. It's hands coming up out of the ground, grabbing people. 
Yeah, I guess. It was a mild, like, jungle setting. Maybe you're right. But they were in a desert, so no zombie versus shark, so fuck them. Well, and no good zombie action and all that stuff. But we're not we're done bitching about that movie. Yeah. We all hated that movie. We all agree on that. <laughs> this movie we seem to disagree on, so that gives us a more interesting topic of discussion. Yeah. And I, and I, like I just think it was fun to watch. I'm not saying great cinema. I'm saying like you know Saturday afternoon sitting around the house, nothing else to do. I could see myself putting this on. Uh, I will say I did like when the zombies start like descending upon the village. Yeah, that was kind of cool. But, Did yeah, you I like? Sh- I should have slept this, through the middle part. This weird French village where when someone dies, they carry the body to the mayor's house and lay it out in front and be like, oh, what are we going to yeah. do about this mayor? It was weird. I don't know. Have you guys considered calling a doctor? Because I'm the mayor. Like, <laughs> and Anytime somebody shows up in town, they're like, you should go talk to the mayor. Everybody, every person who comes to town has to meet with the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I did like when the mayor called like the cops and like from like whatever the neighboring, like what are probably the cops from the closest city that he calls them. And then they're like, they're like, yeah, what's going on? And there's a whole scene where he's like, yeah, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but we got some uh, Nazi zombies living in our lake. Like, can you help? <laughs> and there's literally like a moment where the chief of police is like, ah, just send the worst detectives we have. And then he names like the two detectives that are the worst ones. <laughs> And of course they go there and just immediately get eaten by zombies. So, <laughs> but it was like, it was funny. Cause he's like, just send like, like, like Johnson and Smith, whatever the names are. And he's like, all right. He's like, yeah, just send them out there. Whatever. No one cares. Those guys are useless anyway. Did you think of this movie now? Uh, it's all right. I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of right in the middle on it. Like the, I feel like the entertaining bits are entertaining and there's, like I said, there's liberal nudity, which kind of just keeps your attention, which that's fine. <laughs> but who cares? Goddamn libs. Li- by the way, liberal nudity, what Noah is politely saying is there's a naked person on screen for roughly 12 to 13% of the runtime of this movie. It is <laughs> yeah, like, it's significant. It's <laughs> like this would not be considered... You, you couldn't show this on TV because it wouldn't be considered a full-length feature film if you took the nudity out. <laughs> Short film. Yeah, and then the bad bits are boring. Not but boring like the last movie, but just kind of slow <laughs> plotting. But how many bad bits were there? Like, how much time would, of the runtime would you say was dedicated to bad bits? Because I didn't find there was much. Well, I think it's a direct offset to the nudity. I think there's... <laughs> There's there's 10 to 15 minutes of this film that's just vaginas. And then I think there's 10 to 15 minutes of this movie where nothing is happening. Because I like I even enjoyed the flashback sequence where they showed how the the Nazis got thrown in the lake. I kind of thought that was a fun little like World War Two battle scene, like resistance people taking out the Nazis and stuff. I enjoy, I enjoyed that. Um and I did think it was sort of funny when they're just like, what are we going to do with them? Like, there's a lot more Nazis coming. And if they find out we killed these ones, they're going to kill us. And the guys are, ah, I'll toss them in the lake. Yeah, toss them in the lake. Great idea. Well, I did like, lo- toss them in the lake, not a terrible idea. But this movie's set 10 years later. It's like, well, maybe get them out of the lake vents at some point. Like, <laughs> I, I did like that when uh, they do show the underwater shots. It's very obviously that it's very obvious they're filming 
in a swimming pool. Listen. Like, if you pay attention, you can see totally see the wall of the pool in the background. Listen, Jess Franco, who directed the other movie, left this one over concerns on the budget. Okay, that's why he didn't direct this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, Jean Roland or whatever, however you pronounce his name. Uh, he took it on and then, <laughs> then regretted it, saying he didn't read the script when he agreed to do it. Came up with a fake name. Okay. (laughs) So he says it's the worst movie he's ever made. I mean, it's not completely ridiculous. I Uh, I don't. I don't know what else he's made, so I won't comment on that. His name's familiar. I'm sure I've know of some of his other stuff. People are probably like, "Jesus Christ, you guys are horrible." But you do. How do we feel about the the? daughter zombie dad subplot it's it's fine like i see what they were trying to do there with playing up on that sort of trope that started back in uh, dawn of the dead of like they can kind of remember their past life and there's and then you combine that with like sort of day of the dead stuff where they're actually getting a little smarter and you get this weird mixture of him like not wanting to eat his own daughter which I get and it's I don't know it was alright I, I, I don't think this is the kind of movie where you get really into like the plot points and stuff it's more just a fun little time passer at least had more of a uh, plot than the last movie uh, the people keep showing up at this oasis and then zombies don't show up to kill people well there was uh, an element of just people showing up in this town. <laughs> and just, I guess know, there is that. Yeah. Every, like the cops show up and then they just die. <laughs> and you're like, all right. Mm, I don't know. Anything, anything else? This going to be the shortest review we've ever done. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not as much to say about these movies as you might think. No. Zombies were very green. Well, they were supposed to be green, okay. and a lot of that, a lot of that green. First of all, it was only applied to most of their face. It was not applied to no any other know, part of them, yeah. not any other part of their body, and not too close to the eyes because they didn't really know what they were doing, and you know. But uh, yeah, the makeup wasn't good. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's not much else to say. No, I'm surprised how quiet you are in this one. I'm just I left. Uh, no, I I'm not going to joke, guys. Uh, Oasis of the Zombies sucked the life right out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it stole. I think it stole my my will to live. Stole your will to live. All right, that doesn't seem like an exaggeration at all. It'll, it'll come back eventually. It'll be all right. Let <laughs> me go see Weird Al next fall. Like I said, I don't know. The problem is Zombie Lake, like, it's, it's Nazi zombies. They occasionally vampire up some chick, and there's a bunch of vaginas and boobs in it. And a weird little girl. The end. I mean, there isn't, like, there are no, like, standout scenes that I can think of. There isn't a scene in this movie that I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, no. a, it's just all, all right, this is okay. <laughs> Not even when she uh, drew her dad zombie into the house with a bowl of blood and all the other zombies followed him. 
How about the uh, slow mo, not slow mo zombie knife fight? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually surprised Doug isn't more upset about that because <laughs> I know how much you hate slow mo. And the only thing worse than slow mo in a movie is them filming at regular speed and having the actors act in slow mo. I see. I think I prefer that because then it just looks like bad filmmaking and not like pretentious bad filmmaking. I don't like the film to be any more pretentious than I am. So, (laughs) I can argue with you about it. Zombies and vaginas. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, what did everybody watch? There's there's a lot of fucking pressure on you to pick the right movie, Brian. (laughs) I think I got it. Don't worry. Okay. There's been controversial the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks here. So uh, I didn't watch it. I didn't have time. Did you, you watch Doug? <laughs> I got a few things I can talk about. What, yeah, I actually watched another Jess Franco movie before I watched this one, not even realizing it. It was just a coincidence. Um, just flipping through whatever streaming service, and I'm like, I kind of want to watch Christopher Lee as Dracula, but not in a like not hammer so i was trying to figure out like where else he played dracula and it turns out in 1970 he played dracula three times in three like three unconnected movies so i'm like oh i'll pick one of those whichever one of those is easiest to find and you know why he played dracula so many goddamn times just because uh he wanted to stop playing dracula and turned it down a lot but then would always feel guilty because he knew that if he didn't do the movie, the movie wasn't going to get made. Well, that's why he kept doing the Hammer ones. But I'm talking about yeah. these are non-Hammer movies. No, no, just, I know. But I think he picked a couple of, of the other ones, too, just because he... Just because of that? He wanted to make sure that the crew that they had hired for it would work. Because he, uh, he knew they weren't going to make the movie without him. So he's just like, fine, I'll fucking yeah. do it. I, I thought it was just because he was so prolific that it was just bound to play Dracula a few times each year because he made nine. <laughs> and I think I checked his IMDb. It was nine movies in 1970 and three of them he plays Dracula. <laughs> so like I mean if you make nine movies you're bound to play Dracula in some of them right? This is the only time I've seen him play Dracula with a full mustache so that was good. Um, I think that might be his only mustache Dracula. That's the only one I know of. So It's the only one in 1970. Those are the only ones I checked. Because this is, this is the important use of my time. Why didn't we get him to play Dracula one more time before he died? Uh, imagine like like ninety year old Christopher Lee playing Dracula like yeah. as a decrepit old like yeah. Um, yeah. he's he's quite good as mustache Dracula in this version. It's him. Close Klinsky is uh, Renfield. That's another reason why I decided to watch this. Um, but it, all it is, is it's like a, a pretty faithful adaptation of the original story. 
kind of cut down to fit into the kind of time frames that they have. Um, it's like I say, his performance is quite good. It's more of a theatrical style performance, as is the whole movie. It's very stagey, but I enjoyed watching it. I don't think we need to go through the plot of Dracula. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what Dracula is about. But you know, is uh, is Cushing on this one? No. Gotta remember if they had picked him up too for this or not. No. So I forget who played Van Helsing, but it's someone that looks more like what you would expect Van Helsing to look like. I was a little disappointed as uh, Klinsky as Renfield. I was just. He's not bad at it or anything, but I just, when I heard that, my brain went to crazy places. Where I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is he going to do? And it's like, oh, he just he just puts in a relatively normal performance. And you're like, so, boring. It's, I mean, you're doing a good job, but nobody tunes in to see you do a good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's if you want to see yet another relatively faithful adaptation of Dracula, that's a I can recommend that one. I think it's pretty good. So at some point I kind of want to go back and see if I can watch all the Christopher Lee Dracula movies. Shit. Kind of see how they are. Set aside some time. I mean, he only played them like eight or nine times. That's all. I I like, I'm still like the later hammer ones. I like where hammer just like, Oh, fuck it, this one's going to be in modern times and it's going to have a music video in it. Like, we can do that now, right? That makes total sense. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Keep the, keep the budget low. Um, what else did I watch this week? I watched Commando. Do you guys want to talk about Commando again? <laughs> Always. This fucking Eric has to go in our Facebook group every time he watches Commando and challenge us to watch it and I don't know how to say no to that challenge so I end up watching it did you watch the director's cut this time at least I watch whatever is available on Disney plus probably not yeah probably not but because uh, I think the director's cut might be available on the show YouTube I may be wrong oh if I'd known that I would have watched it. if I'd known there that there was another cut that I hadn't seen I would have watched it but I didn't really get into it um that's pretty much just fucking eric and then i sat down and watched commando <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's still great if anyone's wondering director's cut is one minute longer one whole minute one whole that's minute. just just one more sarcastic line from schwarzenegger <laughs> <laughs> that movie is to action movies um, what Chopping Mall is to horror movies. It's just like, we're sort of an action movie. We're sort of making fun of action movies. We're sort of also defining action movies. It's <laughs> it's everything imaginable. And, you know, it's great. It's great. I'm, yeah. It's Commando. It's Commando. We'll cover it on the show again one time so we can get into it in even more detail. <laughs> UHF uh, and Commando coming <laughs> Coming up every week every show <laughs> all right um and then the last thing i watched is the one i know you also watched so we can discuss it together which is uh, men from yes. uh, alex garland um, so what a weird movie huh you think <laughs> do you think <laughs> it's 
Um, yeah, I don't, it's hard to discuss it without spoiling it too much. So the basic plot, I would say, is there's a woman whose husband has just passed away. We're not. It's not really ever stated fully whether it's an intentional suicide or an accidental death. I don't think anyone in the film really knows. Um, but we find out basically that he was kind of an abusive dick anyway. And she is off on just like on a retreat, I guess is what you would call it. Like she's rented like a house out in the country to go and stay there for a while and just kind of recover. And she's working from there and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she just keeps, meeting stranger and stranger men all played by the same actor um and things get creepier and creepier and weirder and weirder until it explodes into a david cronberg film at the end that's the best way i could describe it it's like you're watching this movie and things just keep getting weirder and weirder and weirder and at the end they're just like and here's some cronenberg shit for you yeah. and i'm like i don't <laughs> Give me a minute with this, please. <laughs> yeah. So just, yeah. you're just watching then all of a sudden you're just like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck does that mean? And then like 45 seconds later, holy shit. What does that mean? And then another 30 seconds. God damn it. What the fuck is happening? Is. And that just happens till the credit roll. The credits roll. Yep. Yep. And there's, it's like one of these weird movies too, where it could be an ambiguous ending. Like they could easily do the, okay, was all that really, really crazy shit in her head or did it happen in the real world? But they have another character show up and see just enough of the aftermath that, you know, it all actually happened. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, that's, I like that. I like that it actually happened because that's the ending I want. However, I'm not sure what happened so i don't know (laughs) you're like what does that mean yeah well and i mean i think the messaging of the film is pretty clear throughout yeah and it's 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 not it's not subtle in a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah and and i'll say like i i think the messaging goes a little too far there's going to be people who complain about this as being like overly like woke and stuff and i don't think they're necessarily wrong to have that complaint i mean the douchebags who make that complaint for the most part will not be people i want to be agreeing with but there is a there is a point here where it is like there's a point in this film where they are kind of saying you know that all men are bad and it's like no that's a little too far you can acknowledge that there are systemic problems that enable the men who do things wrong to continue doing those things and to get away with those things. And we can agree that those systemic problems need to be addressed without trying to say that everybody is directly responsible for what those guys did. You know what I mean? Sure. So that was, I don't know. But the, I mean, there are some very dark moments in this movie before everything gets weird where I'm like, Oh, that's hard to hear people say those things and, and watch them do those things. Like, yeah. Um, specifically the moment with the priest. I don't know if we can, Ooh. I, don't know, I don't know how detailed and how uh, we want to the, get the thing with the priest at the church is in the trailer. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't, 
I never watched a trailer. So yeah. <laughs> I just like I I just literally was like, ah, I like that director. I'm going. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like with the, when the priest is basically telling her that it's her fault that her husband killed herself himself, sorry. I'm just like, Oh, I don't, don't say that. To, don't say that to her at all. <laughs> right? Like, I'm just like, and I mean, at that point in the movie too, I think the messaging is very solid where it is like, yeah, these are, this is the problem when you, you've got this dick who did these terrible things and people are, you know, turning it around on her. And I'm like, I agree. There's, I mean, the fact that it's a priest is not a coincidence, right? There are institutions in our society that protect men who do terrible things. <laughs> and that's a great example of one. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was like watching him like say to her, well, maybe if you'd been nicer to him, he wouldn't have killed himself. I'm like squirming in my seat <laughs> saying those things to her. I'm like, this is hard. And I'm like, and the fact that it's played yeah. by, I don't, sorry, I don't know the actor's name. Uh, Rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear, yeah. So he is, because he plays, the first time we meet him, he's this like weird, but kind of goofy and likable guy that she's renting her cottage off of. And he just, he comes across as that sort of lovable redneck hick who's socially awkward because he probably doesn't see people very often and stuff. And then we turn around and here we have the same actor just saying these horrific things to her. And I'm like, don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah. I love Rory Kinnear. Um, I knew him. First thing I remember seeing him in was uh, Penny Dreadful. The show that kind of did the uh, universal monsters before universal tried to do it again and failed. Right. But he plays Frankenstein's monster in it. Oh, okay. It's fantastic. That. Um, what a lot of people listen to this show will remember him as the guy from the very first episode of black mirror that fucks a pig. Oh shit. <laughs> See, I don't, I didn't place him in any of this stuff. Yeah. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And he absolutely fucking kills it in this movie. And like, even though I know it's Rory Kinnear in all these roles and they don't do anything to change his face. They Not just, much. they give him different hair and stuff. I a hundred percent believe each one of these characters is a separate person. Like yes. he nails it. I actually was during the movie convincing myself. I'm like, no, it's not the same actor. I think they just got a bunch of actors that look the same because they're all supposed to be from the same village or whatever. Like I was like in my head, I'm thinking these, they're behaving too differently to be the same actor. He's he's amazing. I've like I said, I've loved him and everything I've seen him in, but this just kind of put him over the top for me. Of just like, oh, if Rory Kinnear's in something, I'm probably just gonna go ahead and watch it. I think I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to not now. Quite frankly, yeah. Um, and uh, the woman whose name I don't know, she's like a singer apparently. Okay, if that's some hidden. Hidden sexist thing on my part, I guess. But um, I no, don't I, but they're European. They're anything. European actors. Like she's Irish, and I think she's mostly known as a singer. Oh, okay. So I don't. I guess I just don't really like. I don't. We shouldn't be expected to know her. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a. She's really good too. Like I feel like she did a great job of being like, oh, this situation's fucked up. I need some alone time. 
Mm-hmm. And then when shit starts getting weird, like you don't feel, she doesn't feel like a damsel in distress. She's just a woman who's in a really fucked up situation. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like everybody should just leave her the fuck alone. But yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a, yeah. There's a lot of those moments where you're just like, everyone just, just, just fucking back off. Will you? Like, yeah. it's just, um, she doesn't feel like a victim in like, where she's like so upset. She's just crying about everything. Like she's a no. pretty strong character. Yeah. But then on top of it, it's just like, really? I can't get away from like all this horrible shit. <laughs> like for like one goddamn second. Well, cause there is like when she has that encounter with the, the weird guy, who's the, the first penis you see in the movie, it's the <laughs> naked guy that she meets in the yeah. woods. And like, like she's going through the woods and she's, comes across some weird character and she kind of gets a little scared and runs off and then she sees him standing there naked and then the next day he shows up at her place and she calls the cops and the cops take him in and we see her on the phone with like is her sister or friend whoever it's supposed to be and the friend is like oh my god like this ferocious and she's like yeah it was freaky but the cops have him now so it's fine I'm just gonna go down to the pub and have a beer and we'll everything will be all right and it's like okay that's that's a strong character who just went through something terrible. And instead of like immediately crying and whining, she is just trying to move forward. And this whole movie is kind of about her trying to move forward and not being able to, because of all these other people she keeps encountering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She was, she was, she was great. Yeah. I would say someone else is great, but literally that's, like that's two, basically two, it. Two yeah. of the three actors, two of the four actors in the entire movie. Yeah. I actually, I'll say the, the husband character. I didn't think he was great. He um, did feel a little over the top in some stuff. Yeah. A little, a little uh, bit out, not, not even bad performance, but out of place for the film, like not dark enough. I agree. So, and I think part of that is because we only see him in like flashbacks and maybe that's somewhat intentional where we're, um, we're getting a skewed perspective of him. But it, my, my take on it is more that they were going for, they were trying to keep it ambiguous how bad he was until the appropriate time came for us, for them to let us know. And I think maybe they went too far with that. Yeah. I can see that. But yeah. That is a very minor quibble amongst all these great performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's just what I do. I quibble. But um, yeah, solid performances. The atmosphere was outstanding, genuinely creepy, intense. Um, I'd say the messaging was a little too strong there, but it overall, like, just, I was really impressed with this movie. Yeah, I really liked it. Me and Amanda went to dinner earlier, and she told me she's still thinking about the movie. Yeah. After we saw it last night. Well, that's the other so. thing. It's like, I go to a lot of these movies on my own, right? So, like, I'm coming out of the theater, and I'm like, like, I remember I looked up at this other guy that was at the theater alone, and I'm like, I should just go be friends with that guy, because, like, I need someone to talk to right now. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, this was Thursday night, and, and I had Friday off, so it was like, I'm not going to talk to another human being, except maybe somebody at a Tim Hortons counter, until, like, four o'clock tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> like, I don't know if that, if I should be sitting alone with these visuals in my head for that long. <laughs> Cause that know. ending, man, that ending. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the most fucked up like parts of it. So there's still, 
mystery to the movie if you all go see it because it's just like yeah what the fuck it's yeah that ending man <laughs> like i think i think when i messaged you i said something to the effect of like did they just hired 80s david cronenberg to direct <laughs> just the last 15 minutes they're like can you just step in and direct the last 15 minutes of this, this... <sighs> yeah <laughs> so fucking it's so weird, weird. Uh, but so good. I definitely high recommend for me. Definitely yeah. uh, seek it out. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's in. It seems to be getting pretty wide play in theaters for a movie that I didn't know existed, even though I'm already a fan of the director. Yeah, yeah. The theater we the multiplex we went to, outside of the IMAX theater, because that would be their biggest theater. Uh, this played in in the biggest one of the biggest theaters they had. So yeah. I was yeah. like, holy shit. There wasn't a whole lot of people in there, unfortunately. But But yeah, I went to the like, you know, like say the Thursday night show. So it's not you don't get a big crowd for a a low budget movie on those nights. Um, But. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. And if you haven't seen his other movie, Ex Machina. Yeah. Or Ex Machina or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't I don't know how to pronounce it. That's why I haven't brought it up yet. Because I love the movie and I don't know how to pronounce the title. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Uh, Oscar Isaacs building robots and not sure if they've come alive or not. Yeah. Definitely yeah, worth a, a watch. I'm a sucker for that premise of like, when does an AI become a living thing that you have to treat with respect and dignity? And then I'm... I think it's like one of the best executed kind of retellings of that old story Yeah. Um, where it's just, it's just like three people in a house. Well, two or three people, depending on how you interpret the movie um, are locked in this house the whole time. And it's really well executed. So, yeah. And some funky dance scenes for no reason. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for no reason other than just cause. Uh, then he also did Annihilation, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I would be up for rewatching it at some point. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it was nearly as good no. um, as, as either of these other two films. So no. I have not watched the sh- the TV show Devs that he produced. I have not either. I so might heard it now, but. Good, but... Like part of me is like, oh, I'll watch that now. And then I'm like, oh, right. But Stranger Things 4 is coming and Kenobi's coming. And well, I still got to watch movies and <laughs> podcast every week. Like, yeah, it's going on the list, but we'll see. Are we doing Stranger Things at the end of every episode? No, but I'm going to watch uh, they'll, they'll all be done in one weekend, I guess. That doesn't make any yeah, sense. We're also, we're also not doing Kenobi recaps every week. No? I, I decided that a little while ago. I just forgot to tell you guys about it. Oh, okay. I don't want to do that. <laughs> we can do a special thing at the end where we record a discussion of it or something if you guys want, but I just want to be able to watch it. All right, fair enough. Should uh, you watch anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. As we do our programming in the middle of the discussion sure. of this movie. Sure, why not? Uh, well, let's see. So I watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers. How is it? I really liked it. Um, see a lot of people complaining about it and I'm like I don't care I had fun there's a lot of articles about the fact that Ugly Sonic has a cameo in it it is pretty amazing one of the things I was going to say I thought this was just going to be like another 
like a Disney-fied like Roger Rabbit, where it's going to be a shit ton of cameos, but it's all just IP that Disney owns. Mm-hmm. But they license a shit ton of stuff for this movie, and I don't understand why. <laughs> I read Disney somewhere, barely has any of their own IP, so they got to seek it out from somewhere. Right? I read somewhere that this movie costs $200 million to make, and I am not surprised. That's insane. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's not even like the beginning of it shows Dale at like a convention. that He does conventions now. <laughs> and he's got a booth across from Ugly Sonic. So not only did they write, was it Paramount that does those movies now? So not only did yeah, they did they get a hold of Paramount and say, "Look, we need to license the uh, movie version of Sonic for this movie," but we don't want the Sonic that you actually used in the movie. We want to license the, the Sonic design that everybody vetoed, and you had to redo. <laughs> I'm just like, what does that phone call fucking sound like? Because the, uh, the filmmakers have done like interviews where they said that is the cameo I'm most proud of in this movie. Well, (laughs) convincing Disney to make that call has to be the one where you're like, yeah, we're going to really need this. And they're like, I don't know. Why can't we just use one of the characters we already own? Like, no, we need this one. (laughs) Yeah. And they call him to his face, ugly Sonic. It's so <laughs> terrible. It's amazing. And then like later, like, cause that's Dale. And when chip like finally teams up with Dale and they, they meet him later, chip keeps looking at him and it keeps doing a slow-mo, like close up shot of his weird human teeth that everybody complained about. <laughs> and you just see chip keep shuddering. Like this is, this is, this is unnerving. I don't like this. That's like a super fun level of meta humor for this type of movie. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. And they do like, um, cause Seth Rogen does the voice of a character in this. And it's like a, uh, like a Skyrim esque, like video game character where he looks like a dwarf or yeah. Dwarf from like Lord of the Rings. You know, he's got the long beard and he's short and he's got like an ax and stuff. But he's pre like good video game graphics. So they keep talking about how he's keeps staring straight ahead and but he's talking to people like he's actually looking at them. And so they don't know how to, he's like, no, I'm looking right at you. And he's still like looking straight ahead into nothing. So there's a point where he's chasing him through the convention and then he falls and then fucking. Uh, was it Pumbaa? Was it the Warthog? Apparently, he did the voice of the Warthog in the new Lion King remake. Okay, yeah. So that the Mantis character that he played in Kung Fu Panda, and the Blob character that he played in uh, Monsters vs. Aliens, all like show up in the same scene. So it's just Seth Rogen times four, and that's that's, that's like a big joke, and it's just so fucking weird. That's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. And then at some point they go to like, um, what is kind of like a cheese den instead of an opium den. Okay. And it's just all these mice sitting around just eating cheese and getting super high and then passing out. And I'm just like, who did anybody from Disney actually read this script before they just let him go off and make it? Yeah. Like it sounds like what's, well, it sounds like something that would have come out in the eighties. 
or like even before, like back when they would have like adult humor in their kids' movies. Yeah. And uh, there's an adult Peter Pan in it who's like one of the big bad guys in the movie. And he's supposed to be the Peter Pan from the Disney Peter Pan movie. The concept of adult Peter Pan is upsetting to me. <laughs> and he's voiced by Will Arnett, which makes it even better. And yeah, it's just, it's so just fucking weird, but I loved it. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to, because the actual story, like Rescue Rangers broke up because they were going to do a show and Dale got jealous. So he went and did his own show. And so the show got canceled and then nobody talked to each other after the show got canceled. And so now it like, looks like in the trailers, one of them gets like plastic surgery to make himself three dimensional. Oh yeah. That's Dale. <laughs> he get, yeah. He says he has the CGI CGI surgery. So he's that new, like super 3d, like computer graphics while everybody else is still 2d on the show and so all that interaction throughout stuff and yeah the so it turns out there's a scheme where somebody is like kidnapping cartoon characters they kidnap flounder from uh little merman they take him to this warehouse and give him surgery using this laser machine so that they look just different enough that they won't violate any copyrights and then force them to <laughs> to to act in bootleg movies to be sold on like in foreign markets. <laughs> like, like right, you're, you're really selling me on this movie. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I was thinking about watching it with my kid and now I'm just thinking about watching it by myself. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to have to explain all this to him. Yeah. And so that's like the big thing that they're trying to figure out. And, uh, yeah, it, it's really funny. I mean, the whole thing, like I said, it's, it's basically Roger rabbit part two. Like, there's so many like cartoon cameos and stuff. They show clips from the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies, like the newer ones, and just show how pissed off like Chip is, how jealous he is that they got new movies and he hasn't been called to do nothing. That's so ludicrous, right? <laughs> like it is so good, and they're voiced by John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, which I could see somebody being like, "Oh, those fucking guys." I'm just like, I don't care. I thought it was funny. No, that sounds right. And it shows them do the voices like that they did on the show, but those are TV show voices. They don't actually talk that way. <laughs> like they made it, they make it like a commentary about Hollywood and everybody's like, you know, repurposing IP and like all this stuff and actually skewer it pretty good. They even, cause I mean, they're, they're meta about it. They do all kinds of shit in this movie. That's just, purely nostalgia based, but they call themselves out about it. And they're like, yeah, we're totally doing that. So I can't believe how much I want to see this now that you've talked about it. Like I'm I'm not even a rescue Rangers fan. Like that was kind of not one of the things I was into as a kid, but I still want it. (laughs) No. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. Like they're going sneak into a bathhouse at some point. Like plot point, they're following the Seth Rogen character because they have to get into his locker and steal something. And so they're at a bathhouse and they keep moving past all these like cartoon characters and fucking Stan's dad from South Park is in one of them. (laughs) He's like in the sauna with the towel wrapped around him, the whole spiel, you know, but they go past one and it's like Scrooge McDuck, but he's bathing in coins like he did on the show. 
Well, naturally. <laughs> but it's just like, this is the most ridiculous shit ever. And I laughed the whole time. I had a smile on my face the entire time we watched it. I'm like, this shit's so ridiculous. But I had such a good time doing it. So, high recommend for me. Definitely go watch it. Hmm. <sighs> I've I'm shocked how much I want to see this. Just you told me about it. <laughs> yeah, it completely knows what movie it is, and it's perfectly happy with that. And we'll uh, see. There's still like a forty percent chance I'll forget all this and never watch it. But <laughs> you'll remember when you re-listen to the episode. That's a good point. <clears throat> um, we followed that up with uh, the Lost City, Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Okay. I bet you by the end of this discussion, I don't want to see that one. Uh, probably not. I still thought it was funny, but it's basically a uh, loose remake of Romancing the Stone. And I was a fan of that movie back in the day. Um, and they actually make Channing Tatum kind of a wuss in this movie, which is pretty fantastic. Like, I've always thought he was funny, so I never had a problem with him being in stuff. He's pretty funny in the stuff I've seen him in. Yeah. He, uh... <laughs> He's just a cover model, and so he, you know, she gets kidnapped by Harry Potter to go find this artifact that he needs found in whatever city, and so he decides to go after her, but he's a fucking supermodel, so he doesn't know how to do shit. So most of it's pretty funny. But there is some, like, you know, found treasure and all that kind of stuff. Ancient civilizations. So if you're into like romancing the stone type stuff, I'd say it's a pretty fun update. But I wouldn't say run out and see it. It's no rescue rangers. Um, but I laughed, so if you're in a laughing mood, it might be worth worth time. And the last thing I watched was the found footage phenomenon, which is a documentary about found footage movies. Yeah. It was not as good as I had hoped. Because it does it point out that most found footage movies aren't good. There have only been a few good ones. And it's like people grabbed onto it because they thought it was a cheap way to make a horror movie. Uh, they do talk about how after The Blair Witch, a lot of people sort of gravitated towards that for low-budget indie movies. Okay. It's honest of them. Um, but I don't know. I just don't feel like they dove into as much as they could have. Like they barely talk about the movie Wreck, and I feel like Wreck was kind of a big deal when it came out. Yeah. And they don't talk about anything, and then they didn't even mention uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, so I'm like, well, what's the fucking point? Yeah. That's, there's almost too many of these documentaries coming out now about movies where it's like they feel sometimes rushed, and it's like, well, you didn't it's not a bunch of people who care about the subject matter wanting to talk about it. It's more just people who were hired to do a job or something. I don't know. I don't know who would hire them to do that job. So it can't <laughs> quite be that, but just people yeah. who made something thinking they had an idea that maybe this would be something fun to talk about, but wasn't necessarily something that they were passionate about. Yeah. I mean, they talked to a lot of the filmmakers and stuff, but I don't feel like there was a big, there was no big reveal of anything that I'm like, oh, well, that recontextualizes everything. It's just sort of like, yeah, that's how we made our movie. We thought it'd be fun. It's like pretty much the end of it. Like, of course, they talked to Oren Pelly about paranormal activity. So, I mean, literally, he says, yeah, I 
made this movie in my house because it would be cheap. And, uh, everybody seemed well, I to think like sometimes it. too, does it, it feels sometimes when I watch these, I kind of had this even with some of the more mainstream documentaries that have come out over the last few years where it's like, are you making these for people who have never seen a horror movie like that aren't going to know that story? Because <laughs> sometimes it feels that way, right? You're just like, well, and I don't understand, like, if, if you don't already know these stories, why are you watching this documentary? Mm-hmm. So they sort of have to bring something a little bit new to the table. Yeah, and they don't even do, like... Like what I thought was going to happen is that they would sort of break down each movie and they would have like a bunch of like people talking about it. Like, you know, those talking head type stuff is super yeah. popular, but they didn't even do that. So they had nobody, but the, uh, the filmmakers really maybe like one or two other, like, uh, I call them like experts or, um, you know, whatever and uh just there was nobody no like you know no like elijah wood popping up for whatever reason be like oh i love this movie i think it's smart because they did this this and this like there's nobody really talking about it from like that perspective yeah like a lack of analysis yeah it's like the stories the stories aren't always interesting if there's no discussion about the impact of the film stuff like that yeah so there's no none of that it was all very technical and why do we film stuff from a POV? Like it pulls people in, blah, blah, blah. You know, that whole spiel and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, we could have had more, like more just people who are not directly involved with found footage stuff. Just talking about why they like found footage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that was disappointing. You've convinced me. I went from not watching that cause I didn't know about it to not watching it on purpose. So, <laughs> It just came out like this week on Shutter. So yeah. I saw a couple people post about it. I'm like, oh, I like I like documentaries about horror movies and stuff. I'll give it a watch. I was disappointed. So here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh next week. Uh since we were disappointed in Nazi zombies. And we were disappointed in last week's shows. Uh, with Noah's show? What, what was Noah's show? Wasn't last week Hulk Hogan and shit? Oh no, Stargate and the Mummy. We oh, Stargate and the Mummy. Shit, sorry, we did we did good movies in between. I just forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the one week we enjoyed ourselves. Uh, well, next week we're gonna go on some wacky car chases and some uh, late night. Uh, Scavenger hunts. So we're going to be talking about the early eighties movie, midnight madness with a 13 year old, Michael J. Fox. And, uh, uh, what the fuck is that dude's name? The main guy from American werewolf in London. I don't know his name. I would just call him the David. main guy from American werewolf in London. David. Oh, David Naughton. uh, in midnight madness. And then we're going to get crazy with, uh, Burt Reynolds and, uh, Dom DeLuise and Cannonball Run. All right. I've never seen either of these movies. Or Dom DeLuise. Who? What did I say? What? So what did it, I say? It is Dom DeLuise. I said poor Dom DeLuise. Oh, I thought you said or Dom DeLuise. I'm like, oh, did I not say Dom DeLuise? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Dom DeLuise gets kind of shit on in that movie. Is he? 
I honestly haven't seen it probably since I was like 10 or 11. If I remember right, I think there's some stories from the set about, I guess, Burt Reynolds was kind of mean to him for some reason. What? Yeah. No. Not Burt Reynolds. Not superstar level Burt Reynolds. I think this would have been at the height of his powers. Surprised anyone could ever be more powerful than Dante Louise. <laughs> It's not a sentence anyone has ever said before or will ever say again. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we need some some wacky car hijinks. Eddie Deason is also in Midnight Madness. I don't know what Midnight Madness is. I don't think I've ever even heard of that one. Maybe I have. A uh, guy I went to high school with loved this movie. and made <laughs> Is that how we're picking movies now? <laughs> no, because he made me and my friends watch it. And I thought it was hilarious. If we're probably going to watch it and I'm going to point out all the stuff why I thought it was hilarious. And you're going to be like, so I'm like, but, but the guy I went to school with said this and it was hilarious. So then you're probably yeah, going to hate it. That's plausible. We'll see how it goes. Uh, he said at one point that the fat guy in, in this movie had a Mr. Steve's Mr. T starter pack because he had like two gold chains on and had his own van that he was driving around in. It's pretty good. It's a good start. If your goal is to grow up with Mr. T. Yeah. Which, I mean, who is it? We should all be working to be more Mr. T-like. I actually went on a weird, like, um, like a kick the other day where I was, just, I don't know, whatever was pissing me off in the world. And then I was flipping through YouTube and I saw, like, clips of Mr. T on Conan O'Brien. And I'm like, okay, I'm going down this rabbit hole to cheer myself up. And it was just <laughs> delightful to watch all these different weird interviews with Mr. T and shit. Nice. I just, I can't be like him because I do not, in fact, pity a fool. No. <laughs> you have no pities for no fools? I have no pities for no fool. Well, you do, do, do you have a gold chain? I also don't have a gold chain. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you just give up on the stream. And I don't have a weird fucking haircut. No, that's that's you don't have that. You don't have that weird haircut. But I did at one point have a sick ass panel van. That's oh nice. That sounds upsetting and probably criminal. <laughs> did you have something airbrushed on the outside? Uh, I did not, but that was like part of the plan. But I ended up <laughs> selling it whenever because oh. I like I got it like six months before I ended up going to college in another state. What'd you sell it for? Because it, it was dorms. Uh, well, because I had my car and it was it needed a bunch of repairs and stuff. No, no, no. You take the van. You don't live in the dorm. You save money that way. Yeah, you, you, live, just, you live in the van. You live in the van in the parking lot outside the dorms. If if my dream of souping up that pimp wagon it, it, into the incredible domicile it should have become had already been done, then yes. My big plan was to paint it to look like the Scooby-Doo mystery machine. I'd say, I'd say less, less pussy that way. Listen, if you think any decision I've ever made in my entire life was what's going to get me the maximum amount of pussy, you are wrong. <laughs> what, about, what about the time you pressed play on Zombie Lake? <laughs> right. Well... That's a solid point. Although I didn't remember that was that movie until it started. <laughs> Did Shark come walking in and you're like stumbling for the remote? Like, yeah. oh, I swear it's for the podcast. 
no, no, don't, like, don't watch this. Guys... It has lots of violence in it. <laughs> well, she, she, well, she was there for the beginning scene. So she was like, are you guys just watching porn this week? And I was like, oh, pretty close. I wasn't trying to. I was like, Doug picked it. I just want to send her a message now and be like, we did not review whatever movie Noah was watching, so he should get in trouble. <laughs> and Noah asked me to specifically mention to you that he we told him to watch this movie, but we didn't. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever else is going on is between you guys. I'm just leaving you the information. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.